0: Welcome to OTXNT. I am Dr. Andrew Marquez, joined by Dr.
1: Ben Pate. How you doing? Good to see you, man. It's
0: good to be back. You know, it's uh, good. We're getting these pretty consistent. I'm excited. You know, uh, both of us are working a lot, and these are kind of the, for me, it's like the fun side thing I get to do. Um, it is. It's we got a
1: Thursday video to make.
0: Yeah. Uh, we got a really fun topic today, and that is on really? how do you interpret the Bible. <laughs> I
1: just... <laughs> Yeah, sorry, it's not aliens today. Yeah. Uh, it's interpreting the Bible. I just thought I'd mess you up really quickly. How did aliens the
0: interpret the Bible? Yeah, no. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, biblical interpretation. I, I don't know. Why is this important, uh, Ben?
1: Um, so you and I were talking about just before we got on, right, about how um, we're looking at kind of really just flipping up. Uh, upside down, a lot of fundamental beliefs of the Christian faith today. I was listening even to something today about, about pe- where people are going as they try to, you know, how they talk about Jesus now, and they try to still think that they're within the same vein of faith, uh, yet they're they're making some pretty outrageous claims about Jesus, uh, where you end up uh, in a lot of different places on, on you know, women in ministry, uh, race, everything. And all of that, I think, stems from really— having to have an understanding of how do we interpret the Bible first, though. And so you, I think this is the place we need to start, right, is how do we wade through the issues of the day? Uh, and I think we should say, let, let's start for a little bit and spend a little time on just talking about how to interpret the Bible. What's a base? And you'll kind of see where we come from. Um, and it's going to be a few parts because we're not taking this on in 20 minutes. Uh, so let's, uh, I, I think we just wade into it and just start and let's start just talking about, some basic principles for understanding the Bible.
0: All right. And I I agree. It's got so many feelers out. And the truth is I just taught a graduate level course on uh, biblical hermeneutics, the interpretation of scripture. We're not going to go that deep in our discussion. We're just trying to help uh, those of you that that find this helpful to understand what to look for and and approaches and things that are helpful. And I I think also, you know, maybe giving some weight towards uh, the people that we have entrusted in our churches to interpret the Bible for the people who are our teachers, who are our preachers, um, But yeah, you want to open in prayer and we'll go for it? Let's do it. All right, join me in prayer with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.
1: So, okay, Andrew, you're... um... You're fresh off teaching this course right now. It's been a, probably about a, two years since I've had to teach it. Yeah. Um, but I've been wading through some of this stuff already in sermon prep this week. Uh, just some principles for Bible teaching. Uh, if you were to say for a, just a beginning person wanting to study the Bible, how do you begin? What, what's a foundational premise, you would say? How to better understand the Bible, which should help me understand the world, I mean, I guess that's even a premise as well, right? That the Bible should help me understand the world, but where do you begin?
0: Yeah, I think usually we we begin with cer- certain presuppositions. You know, um, when we're talking about biblical interpretation, we're not trying to, to prove the Bible's authority. We're, we're assuming that those of you all listening to this uh, hold that the Bible is the Word of God, and as such, it carries the authority of God and uh, bears weight into ter- to how we live. So uh, knowing that that's where we're starting from we could do a different discussion on trying to validate the claims of the bible and its authority and all that but that's not what we'd be doing here we would be assuming that we are coming to the bible with the same view that it, it is god's authority uh, the other thing i think is worth discussing is the doctrine of the the priesthood of the believer and the idea that god has called us all into uh, a royal priesthood and that with that we all have certain interpretive responsibility that we bear you know that we are a follow God with the freedom of our conscience as best as we understand how we ought to follow him. And uh, in so doing, we want to follow him well, which means we've got to go to the Bible and try to understand it well. And in a world like we live in today, where education is so prominent and you have all the experts, uh, you know, people do get intimidated to go to the Bible. And uh, there's so much uh, misinformation and just information overload that I think people can get overwhelmed. And so which teacher can you trust? Uh, in in today, and if there's something that is confusing to you, you can find a host of people that disagree on it, and and you're almost uh, forced to choose. Uh, wh- which interpretive guy am I going to adhere to? And I think that that's a lot of the challenges that come into trying to read the Bible today.
1: Yeah, no, I actually, I think, I think you get we're, we are in overload of, and I was hearing James White even talk about this of today of of. Um, scholar scholarly majority says what right and right. and we hear that from every every topic is science says this these people say this and sometimes it's like okay you say that but there's actually seems to be multiple camps that scholars or science says uh, is this is the opinion so yeah what do you do how do you wade through the fact that maybe your church your pastor holds this position and but you hear that the other pastor down the road he doesn't really buy that. Uh, or what do you do when you feel like yeah the the what you're hearing from a classroom discussion uh, and, you know whether that's in a college class or a seminary class doesn't seem to to match up with with what you think and what you've kind of always thought about the Bible. So so what do you do you know? And I I don't think the answer is run, run to the people that you and I say we should look to, because I think that's such a weak argument of just follow my scholars, right? Just follow my people. Like, I think we should go back. I think you're, you're great to bring up priesthood of the believer, uh, that the idea of saying like, okay, my following the Lord, my reading of scripture, uh, is, is a big part of it too. I think was is that in that what Luther called, you know, the private interpretation of scripture, uh, the understanding that like I can read the Bible, uh, and and God can speak to me about these things as well, and I don't need necessarily uh, somebody to to have to hand these things down for me to to try to grasp grasp them all.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think that that's important because we're we're going to weigh that. You know, we already did a video on pastors and elders and and church leaders and all that. I think that was one of our first ones. Uh, we, we believe in the office of the pastor uh, who is given the commission, the very special calling, right. It, that the pastor has is that they're going to preach. They're going to teach. And so there is pastoral authority. And, you know, hopefully you're in a church that you um, adhere to what your pastor is teaching, but that doesn't leave you of your responsibility to be engaged as well. And pastors do err. you know, our interpretations are not uh, infallible, but the Bible is infallible. And so, It is difficult because uh, we do have to engage it. And one of the things that the Reformation uh, leaders believe is if we could get you a Bible in your language, in your hands, that you have the capacity to understand God's word and that you can pursue growth through that word on your own. And so I think that that that's a presupposition that we should bring to the table is you can read the Bible and you can understand it. And we just want to be giving you some principles that usually are pulled directly from scripture in how it interprets itself and then how we should go and try to interpret it today. And, um, so I, I, I think we could jump into a couple ideas. Um, that's, that's kind of the, who, who interprets the Bible? Everybody interprets the Bible. Everybody's invited to interpret the Bible. Uh, thus saith the Lord, he who has ears, let him hear, you know, um, will you have ears and open your ears to what God has to say? Um, so then I guess moving into the, how that's, that's always really the, the difficulty, um, and we could come at this a, a number of ways. Before I launch on something, did you want to say something first? Because I think we're both. I, mean, I mean, that's right. the
1: scary thing, right? Is if if everybody has the ability to to read the Bible for themselves, then you get into everybody's got interpretation, right? And um, the reality is, though, and this is I, I you know this is where I think we have to go um, is that you know a text. The text of Scripture cannot mean multiple, multiple things. Uh, The idea that we're saying is that private interpretation or your ability to understand does not mean that it's valid for you to say, here's what the text says. And one thing I absolutely hate that growing up in Bible studies, people would say is, I feel that the text is saying this, right? And what that essentially meant was, um, I, This is how I want to interpret it. Not necessarily, here's what the text actually means. And so that's another thing that we have to really deal with. And, and I'll throw that out to you, since you're the one who's fresh on some of this, the, these teaching points, is can you have multiple meanings behind a text? Uh, you know, or, or because that's inevitably like, why do we end up with so many interpretations? Why do we end up with so many people? And you got people far out there. How do they get there? Right. Um, yeah. if, if the text has a singular meaning, how do we get there?
0: Yeah. And I think it's just uh, generally we have to apply some principles to extract what that meaning is. And somewhere we we misapply the principles and we um, end up with different uh, meanings. It's not that everyone says all meanings are valid. It's that we might have a different view of what was uh, lying beneath uh, the text. Um, but, you know, there are those that in some kind of mystical way think that there's multiple meanings, that there's an ethical meaning, there's an eschatological end of time meaning, there, and, and they'll want to bring in uh, a lot of things and extract a lot of things that aren't in the text. It's really eisegesis. It's reading in what I'm wanting to see here. Um, there's a great book, The Right Doctrines from the Wrong Texts, uh, and it's a, kind of looking at whether the New Testament authors were getting the right doctrines from the wrong Old Testament texts, uh, I think that that's uh, not what happened, but that's the name of the book. But I think we do that today. We'll, we'll get the doctrine we're looking for from whatever text we wanted to uh, support our case with. And it, it, I think to some degree, it's an immaturity. You know, when you're challenged on something that you've be- believed your whole life, your immediate response is to go proof texting, to find whatever passage supports my position. And it's not necessarily being done out of a desire to um, humbly say, God, if I'm wrong, correct me. Um, and if I'm in the right, you know, uh, affirm me, it, it's done more in a uh, defense mode and you don't always do your best work in a defense mode. And so, um, that shouldn't be what drives you, you know, careful examination of scripture, uh, in light of scripture, in light of history, in light of tradition. Uh, these are good guardrails that help us, uh, to try to extract the intended meaning. And, and by that, what we're looking at is what was it supposed to mean there and then, and then how do we take what it meant there and then and apply it to the here and now. And, and that to yeah. me is the great interpretive task. We're taking what was written there and then and through careful understanding and uh, prayerful reliance on the Holy spirit. We're trying to apply what was intended there and then to the here and now. And sometimes it's very, very clear abstain from sexual immorality. It meant abstain from sexual immorality there and then, and today it, it means abstain from sexual immorality here and now that one's an easy one. But when you get into other questions that, May have had some cultural limitations or time bound uh, issues. You you have to kind of work through that, right? Yeah. Um,
1: well, I mean, so I mean, I, I like what you said though of how you open yourself up. I think there's an attitude that we should have behind but as we approach a text, right? And this is one I don't think is is apparent in a lot of people uh, because of that very thing you said: is we want to proof text. And we want to prove our case instead of being humble as you approach a text, right? So uh, the, the key verses for us always, right, is, is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God. It's profitable. And he says, for teaching, rebuking, correcting, for training in righteousness. All, all those four things, by the way, are things that hopefully are happening in your own private life, right? that it's not just so that the pastor can correct you and rebuke you and, you know, and train you. Uh, That's not what that is. I mean, that's part of that. It should be you're reading the scriptures and God is going to say, hey, I don't like what you're doing. Stop. Do this. Here's the corrective action for this. And here's what I want you to train to get you out of this. Right. And then he finishes up by saying Verse 17, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so, you know, we, we believe that the scripture is sufficient, um, you know, sola scriptura that we see in, from the Reformation, like it is sufficient for everything that we need. Uh, but I think the way that you have to approach it, though, is God has something to tell me, and, and I, I need, I have a choice. Will I allow him to tell me what to do? or do I want to tell it what I think it should say for me? And I think when you begin, you may not say it that way, but are you willing to allow the Bible to shape your thinking, or are you going to come in with a certain thinking and try to shape the Bible to that, right? And so you've got to ask, what's my starting point? And could you be wrong, right? Could I be wrong? And am I willing to change my position if the Bible and understanding it the way it's meant to be understood challenges me on that?
0: Right. And and I'll tell you, you know, I've struggled with the question of tongues. I've I've struggled with the question of um, election and God's choice and man's freedom. Uh, I've struggled with the question of the tribulation and the rapture. Uh, And I haven't settled all of these questions in my own mind at all, but Time, I I I know where I stand at the moment, but you know, I remember being in college and laying my Bible open to Romans nine on a bench in a park and praying, God, if 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 I'm wrong on this, you know, help me. But I don't like you in in this doctrinal understanding, and I need correction if that's who you are. Um, But you know that those are the kind of things that we we have those moments in our life where we are open to be corrected by the Scripture because there are differences between denominational stances and um, really they can't all be true. They can't all be right. There, there's going to be some disagreement. Uh, one of the areas I think is helpful. Our denomination holds to once saved, always saved. How do we get that from scripture? Well, we have a whole list of scriptures that we would look to, you know, John ten ten, John five twenty four, 24, uh, John 3, 16. Um, that's just the John ones, Romans uh, eight, you know, nothing will separate us from the love of, of God. Uh, there's a host of scriptures that we would point to that say that if you truly are saved, you will not lose that salvation. But there's also scriptures that we struggle with that we try to understand, like Hebrews chapter 6 and chapter 10 and 2 Peter, um, that, that make you say, okay, well, what's going on here? And we have to work through that in light of a theological position that we've either inherited or, or we're bringing to those other texts. And it does get difficult. And I think the important thing is that we have that attitude. Lord, if, if I'm wrong, please correct me. Uh, and then we do the difficult work, you know, the yeoman's task of, well, let's work through that passage. Let's be careful. Let's not just read for devotional purposes, but let's really dig in, you know, study to show thyself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I also recognize that not everybody has the liberty to dig in at that, at at the level that some texts require. And that is why I think God has given uh, the church apostles and teachers and preachers, Evangelist and those that um, really do have the vocational responsibility to delve into scripture hard and to get training and do those things. So, so yeah, I, I guess, um, I think we're in agreement on that, right? Uh,
1: I would say, yeah. And I'd say, look, I think the most, the most simple agreement that we can come to um, is um it is look like even right up before those verses in there we can understand that ultimately even the bible tells us right that you should um you should be able to open the bible and clearly understand the plan of salvation from it so if you look at something like even just right before those verses there you'll see like paul telling timothy in verse 14 of chapter 3 of second timothy <laughs> Wow, man. God bless um, you. Yeah, thank you. But as for you, continue what you've learned firmly believe. You know that those who taught you, uh, you know those who taught you and that you know from infancy, you've known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Um, and so we're talking about um, the perfect... Uh, perspicuity of Scripture there, right? So uh, the idea that that there are certain things that are clear, uh, and, and one of those is the gospel should be there. I do think there is a place, though, for teachers and people to come alongside to help you. But at the same time, there are tools that I think principles are good things to keep in mind. I think one piece as well is to look at how the Bible reads itself yes right like don't take my word for it like let's look at how does the bible treat itself and its own terms before we then you know we then approach it so you understand like obviously right now what we've just quoted through timothy right is the bible is advocating when you read the bible especially the old testament right because he's talking about all scripture so we can't can unhitch it and let it go, right? You gotta, you gotta have it all together. But recognize yeah. that it's there, and it's got. To, and when you approach it, you need to understand it's there to correct you, right? It's there to shape you. But but here's something you said I thought was pretty interesting too, right? Don't just read it for devotional thoughts, because I also think we have a, we've got a tendency in, you know, and I call it like pop Christian world today. I and mean, you look at any Christian bookstore, <clears throat> we don't really want our people to think about things deeply. We don't really think about theology. You can see that in the way sermons are preached today, too. Um, and I've always heard it say, people don't want to be told, people don't need time to think about all that stuff up there. They just need, when they come on Sunday, they need to be told what to do, right? As if most Christians are so stupid that they they can't have, they can't handle the, the theological, the rich truths of the faith. Um, they can only handle five points to be a happy husband today, right. you know, um, and and that's not going to shape you at all, right? Uh, I, I think there's no depth or weight to that at all. I think what will is saying, God, change my heart, change my mind. Uh, there are countless stories, too, that I know of of people who have come, and, and it was not going to be through somebody pointing the finger with the Bible open and telling them, here's what to do. It was in their own time, in their own life, they just realized God, through the Holy Spirit, is telling them, stop it, right? Like, there's an aspect of that, too. Like, God, in his work, in his own way, will convict you of what you need to hear better than what I ever could. And, I, and I'm aware of that even as I take the pulpit every Sunday, as you are, too, right? That sometimes it's not even going to be through what I think is the major point of the message, right? As I'm expounding a passage, <clears throat> sometimes I've found is— it's like a side point. It's, it's, a, it's a truth that is contained in Scripture that's right there. It's yep. not the thrust of the argument, but it's something that the Holy Spirit says, see that right there? You need to work on that piece right there. You know. So I think there's an aspect of that, too, uh, that you need to recognize. Let's go deeper than how do you have a good day today, it's, you know. How do you think about, like, like challenge your th- real thinking? Because the world is challenging it through the movies and the songs and the, the books that they write. Let the Bible <laughs> challenge your thoughts.
0: Well, and I think, you know, generally everything we do on our little OTXNT show is interpretation. And so, you know, I would also challenge people if you're like, well, how does it work? Well, look at how we, when we looked at baptism, how did we do it? You know, we went to the texts, we discussed some of the different understandings of it. And then we said, well, this is where we land and this is how we got there. And uh, we're, we're providing kind of a blueprint of interpretation on some big topic ideas, um, but that's, you, you can do that on a lot of the texts that you struggle with, but you know, there's big worldview issues that we're dealing with today. And, uh, and again, I would say that the Bible should not only um, be viewed as the uh, source of God's authority and word, uh, but also as the guide to interpretation. And as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, look at Jesus. <clears throat> they asked Jesus about marriage and divorce. And he goes and says, well, let's go back to Genesis. Let's look at how God set it up. He created man and woman. Uh, what God has uh, put together, let no man tear asunder. And, and he builds cases from the created order and light of the fall and where we are today. And then he provides uh, an understanding in light of Christ in the new covenant. And, you know, that works when you go to Paul and the questions of uh, ministry and uh, offices and men and women and roles, he'll go back to Genesis He'll discuss the pre-fall state, he'll discuss the results of the fall, and then he'll say in in light of the picture of the church and Christ and the new covenant and what we're moving toward with a new creation, this is how we should operate today. And uh, very few times where today it's very popular for someone to say, well, that was just purely a cultural thing, and so we can discard that. Uh, I think when you really dig into the text, you'll find out that the text usually gives you a reason, and the reason, rarely in my mind is cultural or time bound. Uh, you yeah. know, a lot of times, so Paul says, I advise all men everywhere to do this and women likewise. Well, that was a universal appeal at that time. It wasn't isolated to Ephesus. We are, we're in Corinth and we say we have no other practices in the churches of God. Well, that's not isolated to Corinth. That's saying that this is how we do it everywhere. And so um, you do see that you have clues in the text. And I would say, you know, always go back to the text and you're going to be safest if you live in the text. Uh, and so those are some principles. Again, we could go on and on forever. But so,
1: but I think, I think that's something that we start over the next couple weeks, right? As we begin to say, um, you know, we begin to talk about what are some basic interpretive principles. But I do think what it comes down to today is authority. And the, the first question you have to re- wrestle with is, what is my biblical authority, right? Am I going to let the Bible speak into my life or will I... Determine what I want for my authority. Right? Will I let the Bible speak in my life, or will I let men determine the authority over me? Right. And I do think something you bring up too is it's constantly Jesus is having to. You know, he pushes aside the teachers of the day. Right. He'll say things like, "You have heard it said." Right. And he quotes, "Love your enemy and love your neighbor. Hate your enemy." So they were teaching love your neighbor hate your enemy and then he's going to shove that aside and he's going to go and he's going to teach on something else right or he'll teach from a biblical passage i think you're right he will often say well what do you say what does the scriptures teach right and so we have to get to that point of does does the does the bible have authority for me um and because if it does then we have to say then how do i best understand it how do I deal with it? How do I how do I apply it? Some of that applying, though, I think is going to happen from the Holy Spirit working in you, right? I don't think you and I necessarily need to give every point of application that you can think of on something, right? I think some of the times just by knowing a truth, you're going to change the way that you live, the things that you do, because you know the Bible better. Um, but I think it's beginning to say, do I truly believe that the Bible alone— has authority for me um, and will I will I walk in light of that? Will I begin to try to read the Bible and say, God, change me, um, change my mind. Don't just change my actions, change my heart too.
0: Yeah, I think it's well said and I just would um, kind of piggyback off of that and say, you know, um, when you read the Bible, if you believe it's God's authority, I would challenge all of you that watch this, look for the application. You know, the Bible is written and usually you can get into the habit of, I read my Bible, I prayed my prayer, and I'm done with my devotion. Um, what does God want you to do about it? Y- you should pray and ask God, what should I do about it? And you might have a passage that's not a lot there that you can do pragmatically, but maybe the, the reality is just to praise God for the affirmation of his truth. But there are really usually in every passage of the Bible you read, there's going to be a response the Holy Spirit wants for you to engage in. And I would just uh, encourage you, um, it, it's not just an intellectual pursuit, and that's the other temptation when you get into interp- interpretation: is I know the right answer. Uh, it, it should make us more like Christ, and so that is um, just something. To that's kind of the end goal of interpretation: is how now shall I live? And so that's uh, an important part. But I, I think are we out of time?
1: We're out of time, ma'am. So this is know. enough. For I think we start basic steps soon. I mean, we got a holiday coming up. I know we're going to try to heat up St. Patrick's Day. Uh, but regardless, you know, and this this also tees up, by the way, to uh, having Dr. Rick Mellick on with us to talk about, uh, you know, inspiration and inerrancy and all of that. So I think that'll be something that'll be helpful uh, to add as a supplementary to this conversation. But yeah, let's talk about some basics of interpretation soon. What do I need? What are the tools? Uh, and we can bring up maybe some of the books that I think are helpful that, that I think are not too far up there that I think every church person maybe should have as just a guide to, to remind them on how to interpret a little bit. So, yeah.
0: you're talking about that's what Schof- I got. You I'm ready? A Schofield study Bible, right? That's what everyone needs on their shelf. Is that I think
1: I got mine up, <laughs> it's up there. So,
0: you ready to close right, us well, out with a blessing? Let's
1: do it. Uh, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. God bless you guys. Thanks for watching. I hope this was helpful today.
0: Take care, everyone.